Women's Tech Radio. A show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. How do you prefer to read content? On an electronic device or a physical book? Or are there exceptions to one or the other? Do you do both? What do you do? Uh, that's really hard. I, I, I love, um, if it's like a big technical book, I love being able to have the physical book out. But at the same time, um, a couple of years ago, I moved nine times inside five years. <laughs> um, and so I used to be a big, like have a giant library. And after that experience, I'm like, oh man, the Kindle is the best thing ever. Let's get everything in digital. Um, but these days, I honestly, I don't read a lot because I'm so addicted to audiobooks. Like I pretty much just exclusively listen to audiobooks. If I'm reading, it's more like actually a technical document or like a news article. Yeah. Well, and that's the other problem with those text or the books is that they, if they're technology related, they kind of go outdated pretty fast, yeah. I imagine, at this point. Yeah. A lot of times lately, I'm even getting like early previews because I'm into something like AngularJS and the mean stack, which is really fresh. And so trying to get material on that, like it has to be like even pre-release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? I I go between the two. I do like reading on my iPad. I use the Kindle app, you know, to read books, but I also really like physically holding a book. So I'm kind of in between. I haven't done audiobooks yet. I don't know if I'll like those. And part of the reason why I can't is because I have three kids. So it's not like I can listen on the car or during a commute or something because, well, first of all, I also don't commute. <laughs> you know, like we might go to a park, but that's just a couple minute drive and Anyway, so I do, I, I do just, it's, it's pretty un, una, or unanimous. It's the same. Like it, sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's the Kindle. It's a pretty good split. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm just glad that we have the option now. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Um, and speaking of books. Yeah. Today we interviewed a, um, an awesome woman who is running a Kickstarter for the Women in Tech, the book, which we were super excited about when we found and we actually really moved to get her on the show right at the last minute. So um, her name is Tara Wheeler Van Vlack and uh, she's the CEO of Fizzmint and uh, sounds like a serial entrepreneur. And so we talked to her about um, her different initiatives. We talk about diversity and technology and how that affects the bottom line. And we talk about her Kickstarter for Women in Tech, the book and a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. Yep, but before we get into the interview, I want to mention Ting. If you go to wtr.ting.com, you can check out how much you can save every month on your cell phone bill. If you go there, just grab your old cell phone bill, bring it to the savings calculator, and figure out how much you're going to save, because I, I, I guarantee you're going to save some money. And the cool thing about Ting is that you only pay for what you use, there's no contracts, there's no early termination fees, they're about to take on a big, a large GSM network and that will enable more devices and better coverage for the Ting network. And if you use wtr.ting.com, you're gonna get $25 off a device if you need to buy one from Ting, or if you already have a device and you wanna bring it over with you, you're gonna get 25 bucks off your first month. Yep, and it turns out Ting wants us to give away two GSM cards for each episode. Just for the Women's Tech Radio audience. Yep. So if you email WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com with the subject line, I love Ting, we will be giving out two GSM cards. Yep, we'll select someone at random for each episode and we'll, we'll give those out for you guys. Yep, again, go to WTR.ting.com and switch over today. Yep, and so we started our interview today by asking Tara who she is and what she's doing. My name is Carol Wheeler Van Black. I'm the CEO of Fizzmint. We are an end-to-end -end employee management company here in Seattle. So what we do is we take all of our crummy paperwork that's associated with managing employees, onboarding them, offboarding them, 
flying CB59s, W4s, um, out, you know, outboarding, everything like that. And we just turned it into a simple form and we managed it all ourselves. We've turned HR into a software as a service. Pretty awesome and exciting. So that's what I do personally. And then on the, I have a side passion project, which is probably why we're here today, uh, which is that I work pretty hard on diversity and technology issues. I care a great deal about seeing that there's uh, equal opportunity in technology. And it's been my experience that the, the greater the diversity of the voices on the team, the more money I make. <laughs> and, and I really feel like a lot of people in technology really need to hear the statistics when it comes to the, the quality of product, the better company, the greater bottom line. And I feel like there's a, there's a lot of really solid financial statistics behind diversity that a lot of people don't think hear. So mostly what I care about is making sure that the some of the unconscious biases, I think, that are out there when it comes to women in technology, we address those and we have people understand that sometimes it's just a matter of, of learning. Sometimes women can be a good fit, too, for those technology jobs. And it's just been a pleasure to work with people and help companies and individuals do better on technical interviews from both sides. What do you think it is about uh, having diversity on the team that, that makes it more profitable, a more effective team, if you will? You know, I, I heard a great story once when I was in graduate school. Uh, I was in the office of a, uh, one of my professors. His name was Scott Page at University of Michigan, one of the, just an extraordinarily intelligent man. He told me this amazing story. He was one of the first people, and I was, I was on some of the same projects uh, at, in complex systems at University of Michigan about this, um, some of the first mathematical proofs about why diversity improves end product, why it improves the quality of information, the quality of, of the bottom line. He told me this story. It was a great story. He said, uh, as they were doing the work at University of Michigan to improve diversity in the law school, and you might remember that the first big affirmative action lawsuit uh, against a university was the University of Michigan's law school. So he was one of the one of the members of the commission there, and he said, you know what we did was we tried to put together a team of people to discuss the, the idea of diversity in the law school and, and why that would be a good idea. And, and what we wanted to do was get great ideas from everybody everywhere about how to improve diversity in the law school, how to improve our, our ultimate score, scores and accessibility to people of all different ethnicities and classes. And he said, we put together a team of 12 people and they were, we, we had a, an African-American woman, we had a, a gay man, we had, you know, a, a, a Chinese kid from, where they, he said they, they had like the Venn diagram of insanity when it came to diversity. They did everything they possibly could to make sure that every different kind of gender and ethnicity was represented, every viewpoint they possibly could. And he said they put them all together in a room, and, and after a day, they all came up with the exact same idea. And he said, you know what, the, what happened? And I said, what? He said, they were all Harvard graduates. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah. So no matter what the, 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 the outward appearance is, the point here is that if every one of them has had the same experience, they're going to kind of come up with the same ideas. The idea here is we ask ourselves, what are the things that make people different? What, what gives them different experiences? And often it is those outward characteristics, but what really matters is the inner person. What really matters is that you've had different experiences with people. So ultimately when it comes to finding and developing great product, great bottom line, great human beings, great companies, what matters is not the outside. Although you can sometimes use it as a proxy for what's on the inside. What matters is that people have had different experiences, that they're different human beings, and that there is that, that 
creative tension between ideas and not just everyone agreeing on what the ultimate solution should be. Consensus is a good thing, but only after that product of creative tension. Yeah, the, our journey is what literally lays down the maps in our brains and like how we think about things mm-hmm. as different, different roadways because of these journeys mm-hmm. that we've been on. Absolutely. It was so fascinating to me when I heard that story, just to hear that, you know, those, those similar educational pathways have laid down those, the, the same kinds of solutions. And so we should be looking for people from you know, all different experiences of life. And yes, it is fair on a lot of, on a lot of levels to say that someone who has a, you know, has a different experience may or may not look different than you do. But what really matters is, did that person have a different experience than you? That's a really yeah. awesome way to think about diversity. I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. love that you said creative tension. I think that's great to promote that because it does. It ends up something really cool comes out of creative tension most of the time. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And we see that certainly on Cisnet. We see that in, in you know, the, the nonprofits that we've been working with. Um, you know, we founded a, a, a nonprofit called Half the People, which is devoted to mentorship and technology. My personal theory and my, my, my pet project here is the fact that we've lost this idea of a, you know, kind of an apprentice journeyman master system of, of learning the profession. Instead, you know, people can get turned loose to try to learn on their own without really any access or any expectation that they would learn from people who have mastered the craft and then pass that information on to somebody who's just coming up in it. So I feel like it's extremely important that we have people who have access to, to senior people in the field and that everyone understands that the only thing you need to know to mentor someone is one more thing than that person knows. People don't think of themselves as mentors and they should. Yeah, oh, that is totally one of my passions as well. I, I think the lo- mm-hmm. the loss of the apprenticeship has been one of the biggest downfalls in, in a lot of fields and especially ours where it is, it's not a, sp- a science to do technology, it's a craftsman's thing. All right. So, well, let's let's talk about your Kickstarter because it is awesome, and I think everybody needs to know about it. Oh, that! Oh my! I completely and totally agree with you. Everybody does need to know about it. It's um, this is kind of born out of the fact that I that I have spent a lot of time training, especially women, uh, but basically uh, folks that are ethnic minorities and women or non-gender conforming, to um, to get jobs in technology. And while I will never, ever, ever say that the, the technological interview process is, is perfect the way that it is, um, often I don't personally, me, Tara, have control over how Google or Microsoft or Facebook or Amazon con- uh, conducts their interviews. And the only thing that I really have power over is helping a single person um, adjust their interview style so that they're more likely to get a job. So mm-hmm. that's what I've really worked hard on. And I, I started now, of course, over the, the course of the last couple of years, working with companies as well to get them to, um, to, to really, I think, respect that sometimes cooperation is just as good as confrontation when it comes to defending your code base and your choices and finding good coders. So I've, I've done a lot of this work, and people kept telling me that I should write the book on women in technology. And I kept saying, sure, just as soon as I'm done with all of the other stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, finally one day I was just like, you know, this is, this is time. I'm, I'm tired of answering the same questions again and again, and this information needs to be in the hands of people who need to have it. And yet, I knew it wasn't going to be enough to just provide some instruction on how to do technical interviews, on what to do if you experience sexual harassment, how to form your own company, how to get funding. I knew you, that we, we needed more than that. And so, 
I kind of like yanked my socks up and started asking some of the craziest, most successful and famous women in technology in the world to write autobiographical essays about how they got to where they were. And, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's just these amazing, famous, inspirational women in this project. We've got, uh, um, and I'll be honest, I'm naming her first because she's the one that I almost like threw up when I asked her to join the book. Um, this is Erin Sekbarbi Jacobs. She's one of the most famous female hackers in the world. One of the most famous hackers in the world, period. She's unbelievable. And I, I seriously, I, my stomach was like roiling while asking this. She's, she's doing the, the chapter on founding. We've got Angie Chang, who's founded, I have no, like five things in Silicon Valley at this point. Women 2.0, Hackbred Academy. She's done Bay Area Geek Girl dinners. So many things. She's just an extraordinary person. Uh, Katie Cunningham, who is a fellow of the Python Software Foundation and an O'Reilly Tech author, she literally wrote the book on web accessibility on 508 on the internet. She's unbelievable, and she's also writing books now on training people and how to to get their kids into technology. She's writing the book on training kids and how to code. She's writing the parenting chapter. Um, I got Kristen Toast Smith. She's the CEO of Code Fellows, writing the educator chapter. Kristen has got a real passion for educating people on how to program. Uh, shoot, um, I've got, oh, I've, you know, of course I haven't even mentioned at this point, we've got Brianna Wu. Brianna Wu is the CEO of Revolution, uh, uh, Giant Space Cat. She just shipped the game Revolution 60, which I believe as of like three hours ago was greenlit on Steam, which is awesome. Is and of course she is one of the main targets of Gamergate. Um, mm-hmm. um, so it's not her fault that a controversial person in technology is honored to have her here with how tough and awesome she is writing the Gamer chapter. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Camila Taylor, and Camila is writing the developer chapter. She's a Jamaican woman, black woman, uh, who's writing this chapter. She's an iOS developer at LinkedIn. And so I just, uh, these are just extraordinary women who are telling these stories. And this is going to sound kind of funny, but I have a feeling that all of us on the book, what we're actually really excited to see is we're totally excited to see Camila. She's awesome and amazing, and we feel like, you know, just we're throwing, like, extra attention her way. And I feel like if there's any one thing that's going to be awesome that I'm going to be really proud of out of this, I want to see Camila's career just explode as a result of this. So, anyway, that's that's the story of the book. Just we're going to instruct people and hopefully inspire them at the same time, give them this information. And it's, it's there for women, for hiring managers who want to read it and see what it's like to learn how to be a woman in technology, see some obstacles and see the great parts as well. Okay, and, and if, that's the story. Yep, and if you want to support this book, you can go to Kickstarter and just search for Women in Tech, the book, mm-hmm. and that will get you to it. And we'll have the link in the show notes, of course. The link is in the show notes as well. You can pledge a dollar for um, updates and public thank you, but the next pledge level is $24 or more for the book. So that's that's a great price. I, I am. It's It does seem like a very invaluable book, and I'm definitely interested in the parenting chapter <laughs> of coding, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be picking up a copy, no doubt. <laughs> cool. uh, Katie Cunningham is an extraordinary person. I've talked and worked with her quite a bit, and she's she's written uh, uh, like five books, maybe at this point. I have no idea. And uh, she's she's really great because what she does is she actually, every year at the International Python Conference, she's the one who leads and teaches all of the classes for all of the Python developers who are parents. This is how to take this home and teach your kids. Um, she, she runs the the programming track for kids at PyCon International. Wow. So, yeah, she's absolutely, she is probably the single biggest authority on teaching programming to kids in the world right now. 
So Tara, while we have you on for a minute, I'm kind of fascinated myself because um, you've talked a lot about them, but you're, you're also one of probably the only second female tech founder that we've had on the show. And I was kind of wondering like how it was to be a female founder of such a highly technical company as Fizzman. Is this your first rodeo? Tell, tell us a little bit about that journey. Sure. Um, first is absolutely not my first rodeo. I think this is company number four at this point. Um, the, the, the nature of startups is that some of them fail and some of them succeed. And sometimes you don't know why some of them don't work out the way that you would hope. Sometimes you do. I know why this one is working. Uh, Fizment, we, the, the same experience that led me to found Hack the People, um, along with several other just awesome people, was um, I was a tech contractor for several years. So I did a lot of high-paying, short-term, high-skilled tech gigs, um, you know, just specific projects, management gigs, executive gigs, project management, development management, stuff like that. They're, they're high-prestige, extremely short-term gigs. And what that meant was I was constant. I was never, you know, I never drank the Kool-Aid at any one particular company. So I... Uh, well, I, I ended up interviewing constantly. I mean, probably five to 15 technical interviews a week at, at the height of it. But I've done probably a thousand interviews myself in technology and at least 400 to 500 of those would have been tech interviews. Wow. So, um, I mean, the technical portion of the interview where I was actually you know, being technically evaluated. So two really major things came out of that. One was I learned that um, the way that we evaluate people in technical interviews is often very confrontational, especially at some of the bigger companies. Um, people who are interviewing you, especially in those tech interviews, are not often trained to do hiring, interviewing, or anything else. Often, they're just developers mm-hmm. who've been asked to evaluate whether or not you're good at what you do or not. And as a result, you'll often find situations where uh, people are, they'll do things like say your code is wrong when it's not, just to see whether or not you'll stand up for yourself. And it's been my experience that often, instead of, of confronting the other person, um, women will often ask questions or show cooperative behavior and work through the problem with that person rather than um, strike back with, you're wrong, you're an idiot, of course this is correct. So it, it, it became my experience that there was, a, there, was, there was often a penalty for gendered communication in technical interviews, and that's where a lot of this work that we did with Hack the People came in. At the same time, that same experience of being onboarded and offboarded in company after company after company meant that one day I turned to my good friend, colleague, and someone I partnered, I partnered with a lot of jobs on, Liz, and I said, Liz, how many times have you filled out this I-9 this year? And I think one or the other of us said 29 times. We had filled out the same piece of paperwork in at least duplicate 29 times in a year. That is insane. I've totally that had that experience as that. a tech contractor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, it's mad. It's insane. So Fizment is, you know, uh, you, you need to know the name of the person that you want to hire and their email address. You click and welcome into the company. They fill out their name and their you know, address and emergency contact information and anything else relevant. And that is replicated out throughout every single one of the federal and state documents that you need. Timesheets, onboarding, offboarding, secure, offboarding, group tasks. All of it is handled through Fizment. Basically, we're a drop-in replacement for all of the HR crap you don't want to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, that's where I kind of came from. The two things that I really care a great deal about right now. That's a very cool idea. Mm-hmm. Was it was it difficult? So this is like your fourth company. Like, what about your first company? Was it was it difficult to kind of take that leap of faith and and step out and do mm-hmm. a company? 
Well, the first company that I founded, um, I would say that I founded myself as a tech company was a company called Sandvertise. And what I was doing was basically, basically think of it as um, commission sales for anything you wanted to on the internet, widgets for, for everything. You can, you could recommend and sell things if you wanted to on any site for, for a friend's product, something like that. It was a good idea. It was a solid idea. Um, it's time had not yet come. And I made a lot of mistakes in that first company that I, I have had the chance to learn from when it comes to the later one. Um, I learned that generosity is more important than parsimony. I learned that, um, that you need to have a co-founder. Probably the single biggest lesson I learned there was you need to have a co-founder. Context switching between business and technology is damn near impossible if that was the only thing you were doing all day long. And if you have multiple commitments, if you've got a job to support you, as many startup founders do, it's, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. You need to have somebody handling the business and somebody handling the technology. And I handle the business now. So my co-founder is a hundred times the engineer and inventor and scientist that I am. Well, I'm, I'm a pretty damn fine scientist, but she's a <laughs> way better engineer and, and inventor than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's extraordinary. She runs a tech team like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they're just regularly turning out new features. It's crazy to watch it. And the big lesson I learned there is don't do this alone. Find somebody that you can trust, really trust, who is better than you at the thing that they need to be doing. And then trust them to do their thing and find and make sure that they will trust you to do their, your thing. Yep. So my co-founder knows that I'll handle to the best of my ability the business side. And if I screw up, I'll fix it. And I know that she will do the exact same thing with the tech side. I think one of the most striking things about all of our interviews and from everything from getting started in tech to founding a company is that don't go it alone. Like, yeah, make sure you've got mm-hmm. somebody with you on your journey. Get involved in community, even if you only have the the guts to get involved on IRC, like mm-hmm. reach out. But every step, and it can mm-hmm. be somebody different in every step, but every step have have somebody. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. Learn, train, uh, be mentored by someone. I've got amazing mentors right now. And, and something I do want to encourage people about when it comes to mentorship is this. Do not limit yourself in mentorship to people that look like you. My mentors are almost entirely older white men. Um, and they're almost entirely older white men because most CEOs are older white men. That's the way that this works. Who am I going to learn from who's done this job? And the, the truth is, is that, I mean, honestly, that the place that I'm at right now, the people that I have available to me who have succeeded a great deal that I would look up to and that in terms of the job that I do, these are the people that, that are willing and, and able to help me. And to be honest, if they're willing and able to help you, don't turn people down because they don't look like you. Listen to what they have to say. Sometimes they're going to be a little clueless, you know. I will pretend that I don't have a couple of mentors every once in a while who say some stuff, but, but I'm like, well, you, you, you've never been abroad, clearly. <laughs> you know? And you, you take what they say and you go, I'm going to take this, I'm going to interpret it and say, this is the value that I can take out of it, and I'm going to thank this person no matter what, because whether this is perfect advice or 80% advice that I can mine something awesome from, this person cared enough to try to help me, and that is unbelievably invaluable. Right. So generosity and gratefulness. Tara, this has been fantastic. And I'm I'm really excited for your Kickstarter and I hope it goes well. And I'd love to talk with you in the future Um, and definitely, you know, link people out. Uh, I'm a member of Hack the People. I definitely encourage other people to get involved. And, um, you know, if you're looking for an HR solution, check out Fizzmint. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. I will actually be looking at that. And check out the Kickstarter, Women in yes. Tech, the book. Yeah, totally. I'll be buying one. Thank you for watching this episode of Women's Tech Radio. If you'd like to see the show notes, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also contact us using the contact form. Find the drop down that says Women's Tech Radio and you can email us directly or you can email WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at HeyWTR or check us out on iTunes. If you've got a minute, leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and don't forget, you can also follow us on heywtr.tumblr.com. Thank you.